Good evening, everyone, and welcome to TN Tehillim. Tonight we're going to be learning Perak Tzadik Aleph. I invite all of you to have a Tehillim in front of you and open up to Perak Tzadik Aleph, and let's begin. So this Perak is composed by Moshe Rabbeinu, similar to the last Perak that we learned. And he composed it on the day that he completed the building of the Mishkan. He describes here in this parak the man who lives with Hashem, the devout tzaddik who lives with Hashem always. And he, Moshe says that as a result of this person living constantly with Hashem and doing the mitzvot, he, is, he has unbelievable benefits in his life, such as the fact that he doesn't fear anything, and Hashem gives him a long life, and Hashem sends him special divine protection. After going through the beautiful commentaries on the beautiful Psukim here, we are going to explore some ways of activating higher levels of trust and serenity that could help us in our own lives to enjoy these benefits that we're going to speak about and to enjoy divine protection. So let's look inside. Parak Tzadik Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. Yoshev Beseser Elyon, Betzel Shakai Yislonan. O you who sit in the shelter of the Most High and dwell in the protection of Hashem. Okay, so if you noticed here, there's no like Mizmar David. there's no superscription. Lam Natseach Mizmar David. Lam Natseach Levnei Korach. Very often it's customary in Tehillim to have the author of the Perak be in that first, in that beginning part. And this is because Moshe Rabbeinu was so humble and he always lived in the shadow of Hashem and he took no credit for anything. Rashi says about these words that he who puts himself in the shelter of Elyon, he who, he who seeks, to, seeks refuge only with Hashem, with the one who's Elyon, most high, and he looks past the conventional methods of protection. He doesn't rely on other ways of protecting himself. He only relies on Hashem. He will be rewarded by truly getting to sit in the refuge of Hashem. He will really end up being given the divine protection of Hashem, which is what we're going to read about more specifically as we go through the Pesukim. And this really illustrates the concept that we spoke about, um, that we speak about often, of becoming a match on the inside for what we want on the outside. A person who lives his life expecting to be taken care of, expecting to be protected, expecting to be given his heart's desires, is going to find those things coming into his life. Pasuk Beis. I say of Hashem, my refuge and stronghold, my God in whom, in whom I trust. So the devout man who sits in Hashem's refuge is declaring publicly here, Hashem is my protection, my protection from any physical dangers, and my fortress from any human enemies that could hurt me. Pasuk Gimel. That he will save you from the fowler's trap, from the destructive plague. Okay, so Hashem is going to protect you from, from illness. And it says here that the word havos, if you look at the word havos, you could see the word hove. Hove means present, like avar hove and asid. So, the, what it's trying to say here is that it's referring to a dever, a sickness, that comes present, like it comes suddenly without any warning. 
that we're going to be the, the devout man is going to be protected from this. Pasuk Dalid. He will cover you with his wings. You will find refuge under his wings. His fidelity is an encircling shield. Okay, so what's the wings, mashal, over here? What's going on with the wings? So how does a, a mother bird use its wings to protect its young? It, it uses its wing to shelter its young, to protect it, or and also to fly it to safety. So it's a very nice way of describing the way Hashem protects us by using this metaphor of wings. The Divrei Shlomo says, points out that the word Evraso, his, with his wings, and the word Torah have the same gematria of 611. And the connection here is that the stronger the, word, the wings of a bird are, the higher the bird is propelled. So too, the more powerful your Torah wisdom is, the higher your spirit will go. Another understanding of how a person is protect, protected by his wings um, is that the word knafav is, according to Rashi, he says a kanaf is not the wing, the part of the wing that's used for flying. It's the part of the wing that's just that's right on top of that. That's just like the ornamental, pretty part of the wing, the plume. And he says that every mitzvah we perform is like a beautiful feather that's added to us that will adorn us eternally. And so that's how we're going to be protected and we're going to find refuge under his wings, meaning a person will find protection under the mitzvot that he does because they will forever adorn him and make him look beautiful just like that upper part of the wing that has the beautiful feathers. The Midrash Shochar Tov says that the word socheira here alludes to a, a very beautiful idea that in order to really discover Amito, to discover Hashem's truth, casual Torah study is not going to be enough. It's not going to cut it. Torah has to be our schora. So he takes the word schora from socheira. Socheira is referring to the encircling shield. And he's saying here that Sochera means is is really he's reading it as schora. He's showing here that in order for Torah for a person to connect to Hashem's MS, to connect to the truth of Hashem through Torah, it has to be his schora. It has to be his precious merchandise. Precious merchandise is examined and guarded and cherished and treasured. And this is how we have to relate to the Torah if we really want to connect to Hashem and enjoy all the, the benefits of protection that we're discussing here. So this concept of Torah being our schora really underscores the importance of connecting to, to, to Torah through what we love. Like we spoke about previously, we said, Ki en Hashem cheftzo. In Parak Aleph, we said a person has to connect to the Torah through cheftzo, through what he desires, through what he loves. It's not enough for us just to follow halacha in a bland way in our homes. We have to show our families the preciousness and the passion that we have towards Torah. And we do this by connect, finding those mitzvahs that we connect to and working on those and showing, showing our families by example how we bring Hashem into the, our favorite parts of our life. Pasuk hey. You need not fear the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. So Radak says that 
Um, how could this person not fear the pachat of Lila? It's scary at night when you're walking alone in the street. And he says, because you know why this person doesn't fear? Because he's never alone. To begin with, he's never alone. He's a person who lives with Hashem. He, what do we say in Pasuk Aleph? Yoshev b'seser al-yon, b'tzel shakai. He's with Hashem. He's in the shadow of Hashem always. He's sitting, living with Hashem. So there is no fear. He is, because he's never alone. So the fear of loneliness doesn't apply to him. And mechetia of yomam, this arrow that's flying by day, is referring to the fact that tragedies and misfortunes, unfortunately, lo'alinu, they fly at people out of the blue. Okay, so we're, we're discussing here, we're seeing, the, already we're seeing a lot of benefits and a lot of advantages that this person who lives with Hashem is enjoying in his life. He's not, he doesn't have to fear darkness, he doesn't have to fear misfortune, he's be'evraso, he's protected under the wings of Hashem, like, like a mother bird protects her young, and he's saved, we said, midever havos, from sickness. And this is the person that makes that declaration, Machsi umetsudasi, that Hashem is his, his fortress and his protector. Okay, Pasuk Dalid. Sorry, not Pasuk Dalid. Pasuk Vav. Midever ba'ofel yaloch, miketav yashud sa'arayim. Okay, so from, from sicknesses, from demons, he's going to be protected. Pasuk Zayin. Yipal mitzedcha elef urvava miminecha elacha lo yigash. A thousand may fall at your left side, ten thousand at your right, but it shall not approach you. So what is this talking about? So one of the nice explanations that I saw is from the Midrash Shochar Tov. And he says, what's going to fall at your left and fall at your right? What happens is when we do a mitzvah, Hashem sends angels to protect us on our right side and on our left side. And this is what it's referring to, he says here, when it talks about the things that are going to fall on your left and fall on your right. The nice thing is, though, that those angels, really, they're, Hashem sent them to work for you. And they're protecting you. But it's not like a master and a servant, that a master has to sustain his servant and pay him and give him food and take care of him. With us and these angels, we didn't hire them. Hashem hired them. Hashem is the boss. So that's why it says, it shall not approach you. Meaning, they will not come ask us for payment. They will not ask us to compensate them for the work that they're doing on our behalf. So Hashem is paying them to take care of us. It's like an extra yummy feeling. We only have benefit from these angels when we do mitzvot. We don't have to pay anything for it. Pasuk ches. Rak sabet You will see it with your eyes. You will witness the punishment of the wicked. Okay, so we're told that a person who is delivered from danger out of his own merit, because of something good that he did, he is given the privilege of witnessing the downfall of his enemies. And somebody who didn't have this privilege was Lot. If you remember, Lot was taken out of Sodom, Lot and his family were saved, but they was, because they were saved in the merit of Avram Avinu, they were not allowed to look back. They were not allowed to look back at the destruction of Sodom. Unfortunately, not everybody paid attention to that, and... Um, yeah. Okay. Pasuk tes. Ki ata Hashem machsi elyon samta me'onecha. Because you have said, Hashem is my refuge, you have made the Most High your dwelling place. Okay? So, what is this saying here? It's basically, we're saying in this Pasuk, this is why 
you're having all these benefits. You're the reason that you're you're protected under Hashem's wing. The reason that you're given malachim at your right and on your left. The reason that you don't have to fear illness and the reason that you are going to merit to see your enemies being destroyed. All this because you have said Hashem machsi. Hashem is my refuge. And you have made Hashem your dwelling place. So it's just like reiterating and strengthening the point here. So look at the words... Elyon Samta Meonecha, you have made most the most high your dwelling place. So the man of faith, the devout man who lives with Hashem, although his body is here on this earth, his true abode, the real the really where his heart and soul and mind are, are they're dwelling high above. They're, 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 his essence is way above. And it's really up there with Hashem. So nothing, that's why nothing bad could befall him, and that's why he's so protected. Um, just to give an example, the example that popped up into my mind when I, when I saw this was that I remember learning that Rabbi Akiva was one of the Asara Haruge Malchus. He was, he was murdered viciously by the Romans. And he, he had said, he had he had used this opportunity instead of you know you know you would think that he would be in terrible pain they were torturing him but he was actually rejoicing at the opportunity because he said that his whole life he didn't know how he would be able to keep when we say in Shema Bechol Nafshecha that we're going to love Hashem with with our life, he didn't know how he was going to be able to be to to be Mekayim that mitzvah, like to love Hashem with your whole life. And here he was being tortured to death, and instead of being upset about it, instead of being in pain and in agony, he was actually his people around him saw him as being calm, and he was actually rejoicing at this opportunity. He said to be Mekayim this mitzvah of Bechol Nafshecha to love Hashem with your whole life. And he was saying, he was calmly saying his prayers to himself. And people asked him, you know, how? How are you not feeling the pain? And this was his answer. That, and, 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 and he died with Shema, with Shema on his lips. Shema Israel. So to me, when I think of this story, that this is really a great illustration of Elion Samtamo Necha. He has made the Most High his dwelling place. His dwelling place is not here. He's not a materialistic person. He's not... He's not, it's not all about him, his body for him. Everything is really so high above. He's so holy and he's so connected to Torah that he's so high above and he had such a higher perspective on the matter that it, prote- it actually protected him from feeling all the physical pain. Pasuk Yud. No harm will befall you. No, no disease will touch your tent. Okay, so the nega here. Um, the, the, the se'una, the harm, is referring to, the Talmud says, it's talking about the Yetzirah, which, which will have no grasp or power over the righteous man. We're going to explain this a little better soon. Pasuk Yud Aleph. For he will order his angels to guard you wherever you go. So these are the malachim that were falling on his left and on his right that we spoke about. And they are going to come, when you do a mitzvah, they're going to come to protect and escort you. Pasuk Yudbez. Al kapayim yisa'uncha pentigof be'even raglacha. They will carry you in their hands, lest you hurt your foot on a stone. Okay, so Rav Hirsch says very beautifully that the malachim that are here, that are put next to you to protect you, 
They are regarding you as a treasure that was entrusted to them. A precious possession that were that was put into their hands by the owner for safekeeping. So that's why it says, they're gonna carry you on your hands. You're gonna be like like cradled and supported. Evan, stone, penti gof evan raglacha, lest you hurt your foot on a stone. Evan is one of the seven allegorical names of the Yetzirah. Why is an Evan compared to the Yetzirah? Because it's like a stone. The Yetzirah is like a stone that trips you up on your path. So what's going on here? What's the connection between the Yetzirah not being able to hurt you as we also mentioned in Pasuk Yud, where we said, and the Talmud says that's the Yetzirah that won't be able to affect this tzaddik. Why will a tzaddik like this not be affected by the Yetzirah? And the answer is because we have a concept called schar mitzvah mitzvah, that the, the greatest schar a person can get is the schar of doing another mitzvah. So when a person does a mitzvah, the schar that they get is that mitzvah goreres mitzvah. It's easy for them to then do more mitzvahs. It's like a diet. When you're on a roll and you're eating healthy or you're exercising, it's much easier to exercise tomorrow if you exercise today. If you didn't exercise in a year, good luck. It it takes a, a lot more effort and a lot more willpower. So it's the same thing. A person who does mitzvos is going to have an easier time doing mitzvos and therefore they won't be affected as much by their yetzirah right it'll be easier for me tomorrow morning when i if i exercise today then tomorrow morning when i wake up all the yetzirah voices in my head i'll be able to push them out because like i'm on a roll with the exercise already pasuk yud gimel you will tread upon cubs and vipers. You will trample lions and serpents. Okay, so all these dangerous animals, they won't be able to affect you. Because he is yearning for me, I will deliver him. I will keep him safe, for he knows my name. So here, you know, we just said, that we have these angels. So here, here we see that Hashem is explaining to the angels. This, this, this is why, this is why I'm showing special favor to the man of faith. Why? Because he's yearning for me and because he knows my name. So let's look at the word cheshek. Cheshek, yearning. He's yearning for me. How, what's the difference between, between cheshek and ahava? Yearning and loving. Yearning is stronger. It's a stronger, more intense type of, of, of refer, it's a more intense type of way um, of speaking about our love for Hashem than the word love. Why? Because people love many things. I, I could love a million things. But usually when you're talking about yearning, it's that yearning for that one thing. Somebody's yearning for a child. Somebody's yearning to find their shidduch. Somebody's yearning to make money. Yearning is like that single-minded passion that you have that you're just yearning for. And so that's why it says... Hashem is saying, this is why, because because they're yearning for me and because they're calling in my name, therefore they're getting all these amazing benefits. Pasuk Tesvav, Yikre'eni ve'anehu, imo anochi v'tzara, achal tzeyu v'achabdehu. Okay, when he calls on me, I will answer him, I will be with him in distress, I will rescue him and make him honored. If a man is in distress, okay, let's think about a basar v'adam for a minute. If a man is in distress and he's seeking the help of a basar v'adam, of a human being, 
he would never just barge into his home and 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 come ask him for help directly. He would ring the, he would be respectful. He would call up, he would go, he would wait outside the gate, ring the bell, hope to be accepted in. Hashem on the other hand is saying, If you're in distress, don't call out to my malachim. Don't start waiting at the gate. Don't wait. Don't uh don't hesitate. Call out to me. Call out to me and I will answer you. I will let him live to a ripe old age and show him my salvation. So Hashem is saying here that the ultimate reward here in this world is that he's going to live to a light, to a long, he's going to have a long life, but not just many years. Some people live long lives that are filled with frustration and disappointment. This man is going to live, like I will satisfy him. With a long, meaningful, satisfying life. Okay, so this parak is telling us that the more we put our trust in Hashem, and the more mitzvahs we do, and the more we live with Hashem, the more protection we're going to get. We're going to live under Hashem's wings. We're going to be able to easily do more mitzvahs, not being affected by the Yitzhahara. We're going to be have, literally, we're going to have angels escorting us and holding us in the palms of their hands. We're not going to have to fear, you know, dangerous animals or sicknesses or being alone or nighttime. And we all want to be able to access this unbelievable protection. It sounds amazing. So let's just explore for a minute the Archos Tzadikim, who tells us that just to add to the to this idea, to add to this concept of worry, to explain a little bit about what it does to us. Um, because we see in this parak that if we if we're calm and if we put our trust in Hashem and we're living with Him, then we're protected. And the Archos Sadiqim says that he explains the concept of worry and fear, and he says that they erode our hearts and they cause real physical illness. They sap us of any happiness and joy that we could have in life, and they you know like any any blessings that a person has, he can't enjoy it if he's worried and anxious. And when we're worried, it signifies a lack of bitachon in Hashem. And he says that we should channel our worry to make sure that, you know, how should I use it? Every me does here for an important reason. Every character trait, you know, it is good, could be good when used in the right way. So how should we channel our worry? We should channel it to worry that I'm not forgetting my Torah learning, that I'm doing enough mitzvos. That I'm becoming the best person I could be. That I'm making sure that when I get to the next world, I'm worried. Am I going to have a good place in, in Olam Haba? And we should use that worry to motivate and propel and push us to work on ourselves here in this in this world. To to like kind of be like the antidote to laziness and complacency. So we see that worry, you know, for for our physical material matters is not recommended. And here in this parak, especially, we see that a person who trusts in Hashem, who calls in Hashem's name, is protected in a very real way. So how do we do this? We're human. Hashem is not a physical being. It's hard for us to stay calm and to, you know, so many, so many, so much turbulence in life. So many, so many turbulent waves coming our way. How could we remember the extent to which we're in Hashem's hands? How can we stay with that calm feeling that we are Yoshe Vesesar Elyon. How can we access this state of feeling taken care of and protected so that we could be a match, just like this devout man, we could be a match to the concept of being protected. So 
Obviously, just to start out, I have two steps that I'm going to offer you tonight. Just to start out, our emotions are signaling, you know, we have to make sure to realize that our emotions are important. They signal to us important information that we need to know about. So if a person is, if you're worried or anxious about something, first make sure that nobody's in danger, that every, the coast is clear. And if something has to get taken care of, of course, if you need to run to the hospital or if you need to, whatever you need to do, take care of it. But very often we're not in danger and something makes us anxious. And then what happens is that that anxious feeling triggers off a whole fight and flight reaction in our body. And it's, though, and it's those physical sensations that we feel in our body which then convince us that we're in danger, and that's what we end up really getting nervous about. What we get really nervous about is all of those those fight and flight reactions in our in our physical body. Um, not the original fear ends up taking a back seat to all the 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 feelings in our body, the physical feelings that they end up triggering. That's what really sends us into a panic. So, for example, when a person starts getting nervous, their their the the fight and flight reactions are. The loud racing, you know, they hear the pounding of their heart and their heart's pounding quickly or the, and their palms are sweaty and their mouth starts to dry up. So in order to stay calm, we have to somehow give our nervous system the feedback that, you know, calm down. There is no emergency here. You, you don't need to go into this panic mode. Everything is okay. So how can we do this? So number one. Number one, there's a, there's a skill in dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT, um, which is basically a conglomeration of skills to help us cope and to help us live satisfying lives. And one of them is called opposite action all the way. Opposite action all the way means that you do the opposite of what you would normally do. So if I don't want to feel anxious, I'm going to ask myself, if I wasn't anxious, what would I do? And I'm going to do those things. So, for example, when I'm anxious, I normally wouldn't smile. I wouldn't maintain a good, you know, upright posture. I wouldn't deep breathe deeply and slowly. I wouldn't be mindful and present, you know, on, on whatever's giving me the anxiety. So we have to go to those places. Opposite action all the way means means change your whole body, change everything about the way you're acting to, to be as if you were the opposite of anxious, which is calm and content. So you would relax your body, you would breathe deeply, smile, you would force yourself to do these things, and that would really take you into a different state. Even chewing gum, chewing gum, which brings salivation into your mouth, sends messages to your body that you're eating and, and you would never eat if you were in an emergency situation. So it helps to calm you. So just to give you an example, if somebody feels like they're, you know, now we're having, you know, people are getting sick, unfortunately, hopefully it's, they're not getting sick anymore. But if somebody starts to feel like nervous, like it's very easy to get into that mode where, oh no, what if I'm getting sick? And they start to get nervous and then their body ends up taking it up a hundred notches um, and, and getting them even more scared so that I would tell them to stop and consider doing opposite action all the way. So maybe take out, you know, they have uh, the Calm app could, is very good for, it has great meditations on there. So you could put on a meditation. You could call a friend to chat. You would never do that in an emergency. You could do something that you would never do. Anything that you would never do if there was a real emergency will help convince your body, your nervous system, that there is no emergency. And all those extra, 
you know, sweaty palms and beating heart, you know, is not necessary. So that already helps. And the second thing I would do is to continue this concept, going along with this idea of opposite action all the way, is that I would talk about how I feel as if I'm in the opposite feeling. So, for example, let's say I'm nervous and I want to feel the opposite. I want to feel calm. So I would talk about what calm feels like. And I would go on and on talking about what it feels like to be calm until I'm actually activating that state and I'm starting to feel a change, a shift in how I feel. So it would sound something like this. Calm feels like I am floating on a cloud. Calm feels like I'm in Hashem's arms. Calm feels like my body is perfectly relaxed. Calm feels like trust. Calm feels like I can let go. Calm feels like everything is okay. And you would just go on and on and say all the things that would really help you activate the state of calm. I had a class that I was giving um, that was was getting me a little nervous. It was it was a class that I didn't usually, you know, give a I didn't usually give classes on that topic. And I was feeling kind of nervous before I walked in and I knew that if I'm feeling nervous, it's not gonna make for a very good class. So what I did was I tried to activate the state of confidence. And I said, confidence feels like I'm on top of the world. Confidence feels like I could do this. Confidence feels like I am standing tall. And I went on and on about how confidence feels. And it really helped me in that class to just start off with a bang and get it, you know, get it, get it, perform well. Um, also, or if I want to stop worrying about something, if I want to remind myself who's in charge and, and take the, all the pressure off of me to be perfect, I would say surrender, surrender feels like, or trust feels like, um, and talk about, you know, how trust, surrender feels like giving, giving it up to Hashem. Surrender feels like light and airy. Surrender feels like I can be happy and relaxed. And you're just going on and on and describe it till you notice a difference in how you feel. So to review, we're going to change the composition of our body, um, change our physical, the physical things that we do with our physiology, and and we're also going to talk about the opposite state. And these are examples of a DBT skill called opposite action all the way, and that really sends calming feedback, and it puts us in a vibration of trust and calm and in a place where we're allowing, we're allowing, we're open to receiving, we're open to allowing Hashem to work His magic and to send those malachim and the protection because He He He'll see that this is this is the vibration that we're in, this is the mode that we're in inside, and He's going to know that we're expecting it from Him, and we'll be zocha to receive it. Thank you all for listening, and have a great night.